Welcome to the IGDA Twin Cities Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and with me today is Tori, as always. Hello! And also with us tonight is Ashley McLaughlin. She's a... Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Also with us tonight... You know what? You already said hi, so let's use that. All right. This is horrible, Tori. I'm going (laughs) to... Under the host. I'm passing that baton to somebody else. No, you're the host. That's you. You are the host. Just do it, man. Just go. All right. Uh, yeah. I don't remember what was good and what wasn't. All right. So I'm going to pick it up with. Uh, and also with us tonight is a special guest, Ashley McLaughlin. Hi. So Ashley is a local game developer. She works at Concrete Software, and her specialty is art. So hopefully we can talk a little bit about some of her new releases and stuff. All right. Well, we should start um, like we usually do with uh, some little bit of discussion about uh, what we've been up to. So um, how about you start, Tori? We'll, we'll go right there. Sounds cool. Well, um, I haven't been able to play hardly any, anything on the desktop as far as the games go, but I've been playing on my, um, my pad, my tablet. I've been playing Bard's Tale 3 a little bit, which was just released for the tablet, which is kind of cool because it's the biggest game i've ever seen released on a tablet is if you get the hd download it's like 3.2 gigabytes for a mobile game which is like what so it's actually happening it's on sale now too yeah and of course i bought it when it wasn't on sale but um uh you know that it's it's awesome because it was a game released like back in like 2003 or 4 and it's coming out now on mobile and it's 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 really well done although one strange thing i've noticed that when there's like games that have been released a long time ago and they release them now, um, especially when they were games that came out on computers uh, or consoles, is that they usually don't put music in them. And I'm not sure if that's just like a a space thing or a too you know too much for the CPUs or something like that. But uh, there's a couple games like that that didn't have uh, any of the background music. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Anyway, it's a really is, well done game. Is Bard's Tale that way? Yeah, yeah. There's no Isn't, music. What is a bard? Just real quick. <laughs> Someone who plays music. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which, which is kind of, kind of ironic. Like a musical storyteller. <laughs> yeah. Right. I just thought for a second maybe I was confused about that. I want to so make wait, a game it's, called... It's a, it's a game like about a musical storyteller, but there's no music? There's no background music. I but he does, so he does, he does play instruments, stuff. which... Yeah. <laughs> but he does play instruments, which is central to the theme, and you do hear those instruments, and you have to play an instrument to summon your companions, basically. So, um, but yeah, there's not really background music. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. But anyway, that's, it's really well done. Um, and I think it's really interesting how they are able to adapt the controls from, you know, desktop type game to tablet. And I, I didn't play the original, so I'm just assuming they streamlined a couple things, but they did a really good job. Um, other than that, uh, I started putting submissions into the Unity Asset Store about three months and I've successfully gotten a sale per month, bringing up my grand total to $3.60. Uh, yeah. No, no, it's $4.20. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming these are, these are sound assets? Yeah, little sound packs. Yep. Okay. And, uh, have we ever so, had that conversation before about, like, like, I have a bunch of assets in TurboSquid. Oh, cool. No, I don't think we have. Oh, okay. Maybe we should talk about that sometime. I think it's interesting because I've been considering the, the asset store. And, uh, 
I suppose, real quick description of what the Unity Asset Store is. Um, oh, yeah. So Unity being the, the like multi-platform development tool for uh, games and 3D apps and whatnot, it has a special place where, you, where people can make content such as, say, uh, 3D models or sounds or even programming software like uh, a high score system or something. And you can go to the Unity Asset Store and buy that and download a little asset pack or the content and bring it into your, um, your game or whatever you're developing, which is really slick. Actually, the Unity Asset Store is pretty neat for that stuff. Um, TurboSquid is, is a website um, that's been around for a number of years that's, that was primarily made for selling like art stuff, textures and 3D models and whatnot. And it's more of your traditional web store for those things. So if you ever search for like a 3D model or something, you're probably going to find a link uh, to TurboSquid at some point. So, Oh, that's, that is cool. Um, oh, and then the other thing I've been doing is I've been working with a company called Distant Tribes, and we're uh, working on an iPad app, and it's for learning languages. And the first one is about learning Spanish. And I play one of the, char- like, uh, one of the characters in it, and then I'm also doing all the sound design, music, and... Um, uh, sound engineering for it, and so that's kind of cool because I'm getting everybody other everybody else's, you know, voices and conversations and editing them up and producing them and stuff. So that's been a lot of work, but it's actually really fun. And uh, the last thing is for that, this is going to be the most ambitious uh, field recording experience for me yet. Um, but I contacted an airport and I need to go record some like airplane noises. So. I'm trying to cool. not make them really nervous about some dude with some strange-looking device like wandering around the the pads. <laughs> so, it, like, uh, like jets or yeah, propell- yeah, okay, propellers. You don't need the like a small little airport. You need a bigger airport. Uh, I'm just going to. There's a little one in Crystal, and I'm hoping I can get in there because it's small. And um, so, yeah, they're going to be smaller airplanes, but I think that's going to be okay. And uh, uh, yeah, it's a fun adventure, nonetheless. Yeah, so I've called. I haven't gotten a response yet, and I'm just going to keep calling. So keep your fingers crossed for me. Um, <laughs> not to go on a total tangent, but a guy I used to work with, he was a, a stunt pilot on the weekends. Oh, cool. He just enjoyed stunt flying, and he invited me up, and so I went flying with him a couple times. And uh, one time he's just doing his like routine, which is you know fly the airplane like you're going to crash it, um, <laughs> <laughs> which was pretty pretty intense. Yeah. And he's he's talking me through it as he's flying. You know, I'm sitting in the front because that's the way the airplane work. And uh, we're upside down and negative Gs and it's all over the place. And he goes, this is what they think JFK did before he died. Um, JFK Jr. You know, because he died in that airplane thing or whatever. Mm. And he just mm-hmm. does this crazy thing with the plane where it just feels like there is no direction it's going. Ooh. Yeah. It was fun, though. I'm still yeah. here, too. So Yeah. Another change of pants later. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. I, I would, uh, I, but it makes me think because he was really cool, and I'm betting like if you did, um, there's like a lot of student pilots, and those student pilots have teachers and whatnot. There's got to be a way to get an in on something like that. Yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Well, good luck. Let me know how it, how it goes. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. So that's me. Uh, who who who's up next? Um, well, I know I have a ton of questions for Ashley. Um, so maybe I should go before that because I haven't done that much. Uh, okay, so I've been playing a lot of Borderlands. I don't have a whole lot of time to do everything that I want, and then a game like Borderlands 2 comes out and kind of consumes me. 
So, and then end up playing with friends online and um, there's always somebody online to play with, it turns out. So whenever there's a free moment, it was Borderlands 2. And then um, the only thing I wanted to say was, so I did something stupid. So this weekend, um, you know, I, I tend to stay up relatively late, one or two in the morning, generally. And <laughs> the weekends, for some reason, nobody gets me up. The kids know better now, I guess. I get to sleep <laughs> until like nine. And and so it's Sunday night, and I cannot sleep. So I start playing FTL, the faster-than-light little roguish-type sci-fi adventure game. And the next thing I know, it's like 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. So that was awesome fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, other than that, I've been like super, super busy at work. Uh, I wish I could tell you about it. <laughs> I know how that feels. I know <laughs> that feel, bro. <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, that's about it. Uh, Fireman Run is still happening, but it's sort of on hold only because I haven't gotten to develop it much. But I think all of us um, that are involved with it are kind of um, I don't know. It seems like a crazy fall, doesn't it, Tori? Yeah, it was super super insane. And I think part of it is I jumped onto too many projects, and so I'm I'm looking forward to being able to get back into it. Yeah, I, I know exactly that feeling because once one gives a little bit of like room, yeah, it's it's a lot easier to take a new one or another one, and then yeah, I got gotcha. you. Is there a beta out anywhere of that, or you know anything you can play yet? Um, would you like to? Maybe. I mean, I wouldn't ask if I wasn't, you know, curious. It looks good, though, from what I've seen. Yeah, I can th- throw one. I, I've been kind of a little bit... We don't have a whole lot of levels, so it's it's mostly in concept. So once we get a few more levels on there, I'll definitely add you on there. I don't mind giving it out. What's uh, what's the platform for it? Um, at the moment, it's... it's Well, it's primarily Android we're developing on, but I will... I do have a Mac now, and... Um, some devices, so I'm going to be hopefully putting it into the uh, iPhone store as well. So nice. Well, I got an Android phone, so <laughs> cool. I can play it. All right. Well, you know, I might as well give you a little introduction. Ashley, as I said, is a game developer at Concrete Software. I love that Concrete Software too. That's just a a neat name. Yeah, we're we're kind of proud of it. It's kind of memorable, you know. I'm not so much a game dev though, because that every time I hear game dev, I hear I think of programmers, you know. No, yeah, no, we've, and... we've had that conversation before too, because I know I really have always gravitated toward that, but it's definitely not the case. Yeah, really? and I and I'm oh, taking yeah. a stand. I'm taking a stand because if because <laughs> because if you if you make a movie, it's not just about the director. You know what I mean? Or it's not. It, it's it's this whole when you're developing a game, there's so many different facets to it. And if one of those facets is gone, you can't make a game or the game is going to suck. So I think anybody, even people marketing the game, are game developers. So if you're a programmer, you're a programmer. Um, and if you're an artist, you're an artist. If you're a, a QA tester, you're a QA tester. But you're all developing a game. So I, I'm making a stand, and I always do, that anybody that makes a game move forward is a game developer. Yeah, I well, really like that. It's yeah. actually a good way to put it. So you're, you, you guys are all game developers. Okay. Yeah. Damn it. Then I'm a game developer. Yes, you are. 
So that's step one. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good timing to have you on actually the podcast because um, uh, I know that you announced at the the last meeting that you have a game that just was released called Jelly Flop. Yes. It's a cute little uh, jellyfish in a physics sort of puzzler. Mm-hmm. It's definitely cute. So um, I'll let you do your what you've been up to thing, and we'll lead into uh, Jelly Flop. Obviously, it's one of the things that you've been up to. But Well, um, seeing as you guys kind of start off with games, uh, I had to cut my game playing sort of like 75% <laughs> because I'm working on like a ton of personal projects. Like I'm in the middle of three books and making a music video just cause I feel like it <laughs> to a Jonathan Colton song. Um, and I do, you know, random game concept stuffs on the side. So I, the only game I've really had time to play is Darksiders two because I just, I love the first one a ton. Like it was, it blew my mind. It was so sweet. So that I had to play. Game. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I love Joe Mad's art too. Like in anything he does. It. I definitely love the look. I think we. And I know I mentioned it on the podcast before. I thought the trailers for Dark Siders, Dark Siders Two were just awesome. The live action ones. Just everything they did. Like even like the art is just cool and the the like little bits of tease they were giving about you play as death and everything. It yeah, just was right. neat. They have really good pacing and a lot of their marketing stuff. So it really pulls you in. So I had to play that. And I'm probably about 80% through it, but I keep getting pulled away from it. Like maybe I'll get to play it two or three times a week. I'm just so like a workaholic. So that's all (laughs) I've been doing. And then obviously doing stuff from work too. You know, you got to do OT sometimes. So I was working on Jelly Flop nonstop for a long time. <laughs> yeah, you can. I I was honestly surprised. There's a lot of art assets in there. Yes, that's There's why a I, lot of stuff. Yep. Yeah, we actually cut it down a lot. <laughs> so um, that we might as well just transition into Jelly Flop then. So Jelly Flop, uh, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, it actually was birthed from a, uh, we have these things that are like apathons, where all the devs kind of get together, have like a night of just, you know, kind of like a game jam, technically. And then they'll come back to work, you know, the next day or two. And we'll all go into a room that has like a ton of devices. And each device has one of the games that the devs made. And, you know, we'll play each of them and vote on which ones we like, you know, in a number system, whatever. And Jelly Flop was originally called Bounce. And it was uh, made by James Kranz, who ended up being the lead dev on Jelly Flop, obviously, because he made the prototype. And it was basically made by just me and him, just an artist and a dev. Um, But when he did his prototype, it was this little thing that almost looked like a chuzzle. You remember what chuzzles are? What's yes. chuzzles? Chuzzles. Yeah, they're those little, it was a puzzle game, and it's just a little puff with eyes. But that was kind of his prototype art, and it was really cute because it was like, you know, a developer's prototype art. That's, that's PopCap, <laughs> right? PopCap, yeah. chuzzle? Yep. Yep. Right. yep. And um, this little thing was trying to get back to its family. So, you know, we knew we wanted an emotional tie like he had because it's not like he just has a circle getting into a hole or something there was you know character there there was you know yeah, feeling, a little bit of emotion. emotion 
Yeah, so you felt obligated to get this little thing to his family. Um, so everybody ended up loving that in an overwhelming amount. So we ended up uh, deciding to develop it. And after we got the go-ahead, me and the other lead artist at Concrete, Dave Rowley, um, started doing kind of an idea jam because this was our first game where we'd actually get to have a character, have a story, have just the full gambit of everything. You know, we got to just go crazy. So at first we kind of did and it ended up where, you know, we were looking at cut the rope and stuff for inspiration and things like that. And we were thinking, oh, we could do an alien. It's like, you know, maybe we should do something where it's a character that's kind of alien looking, but everybody's familiar with, you know, and maybe give them just a couple traits that are really identifiable that could be really simplistically summed up in an icon or something, you know, really um, iconographic, just in his self, in his form. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, huh? it's a jellyfish. It's a perfect fit. <laughs> yeah, because they're kind of alien. You look at the things, you're like, how is this on Earth, you know? So we ended up going with the jellyfish, and we toyed with the family idea at the beginning or a love interest, and it was like, all these require a little bit too much, you know, story, and since it's a mobile game, it's like you kind of have to pull back from that, you know, realize what you can and can't do with the medium. Um, but we ended up doing it, so, yeah, I ended up making kind of a misconstrued story, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he sees birds, he envies you know, their ability to flight. So he, a flight, so he wants to fly too. So he, you know, figures if I get all these feathers and I devise this contraption and I get all these, you know, um, pieces of this apparatus, I could build something. Right. So I tried my best <laughs> to get that across to people through the, the cutscene. <laughs> there's like an intro cutscene, and then there's a comic between each zone <clears throat> which I tried to keep small and concise, you know. And then at the end, I made an end credits, you know, you beat the game, um, which I ended up just crying my ass off when I was animating it because <laughs> I was, it felt like I was sending a baby off to college or something. It's like, oh, you're growing up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I had a little bit of a moment Emotionally with that, connected. That's awesome. Yeah. But we went through so many iterations of this game over, like, a year. And that's the longest any of our titles have ever taken. Usually we, you know, have kind of a some, a game that's been done before, like a bubble popper game or a brick breaker game and or a card game, and we've just kind of put our spin, our art, you know, our sort of branding on that sort of thing and sold it. But this was the first, you know, IP we had. So, um with that, you know, it, the original idea was the same, but we had five different lines. We had a bounce line. We had a stasis line. We had a solid line. We had a fast line. We had a slow line. And your job was to take those and get them to the end using all those. So there were five jars, you know, and we had other environmental hazards, too. Um, like right now, all we have are the fans and the teleports. Um, there used to be a piston, there used to be a pulley system. Gosh, there were so many things. Well, it there sounds, were... this sounds like good stuff that, uh, that as if it's super successful, you can go the, uh, cut the rope kind of way, you know? Yeah. And we, you know, we gave it some room with that so you could add on more zones and everything like, 
and the hats, the hats are definitely an add-on. Somebody already asked us if they we could put in more hats that they could buy. So it's like the monetization is there if we want to go that route. But, you know, I kind of convinced everybody that, hey, you know, people will see if you made a game that everybody was on board with that's just fun, mm-hmm. you know, and do that first. People will probably want the other stuff, you know, and they'll yeah. ask for it. So you just make a good game and put your heart into it. You can't really, you know, you can't really lose, I guess, as long as it's good all around and lots of people have tested it. And that was another thing, too, is constant testing. Like we ended up using usertesting.com, I think, for a lot of our stuff. You had mentioned this at the meeting, like the people that would play your game and videotape themselves playing it. Super helpful, too, because they give... uh, they would give information about, like, you know, what gender they were, how much their income was, um, you know, how frequently they play mobile games, what kind of a gamer they are, you know, stuff like that. So you could get an idea of what type of person, you know, likes your game, what type doesn't, where you need to, you know, we used it mainly for tutorials because that is something just ridiculously hard to get your head around, you know, because so, so- can I take a moment to kind of explain how you play the game? Sure. Yeah. So, like, all right, you're a jellyfish, a cute little jellyfish, and you're um, essentially being dropped, and the user can draw little, I'd almost call them like rubber bands or trampolines, that when the jellyfish lands on it, they bounce, and the direction or the angle in which you draw that um, bouncy cord is the, the, ang- the direction in which the jellyfish will bounce. Yep. And so the level is a 2D little drawing of a, sort of a grid-based environment where the, the, the objective is to grab three water drops and a feather. Um, and the water drops are the optional kind of like three stars thing. And then the feather, which is the end goal. And you get a certain amount of drawing lines you can do for the bouncy... What do you call them? You, you must have had a term for it. I don't know what they're called. We'd call it Jelly Gel because he couldn't call it Jelly because the jellyfish was named Jelly. Okay. So the the gels, the the bouncy strings, the rubber bands connected by two points. But um, here's what is is really brilliant about it because um, and it's sort of like Angry Birds where they when they fly they get the little dash line behind them. Um, the jelly does the same thing, and so if you miss or or goof up, you get to see that exact path that that jellyfish was on and you get to choose just by, you know, drawing more, um, gels or band thingies where you might want to put something in the way and then you get to watch it again in the new dash line. So it's actually super nice in that regard. I have to say it's, it is really nice. It's, it's so fun as a physics game to be able to then watch him or her do the exact same motion but now you've changed something along that path some of the th- I've, i i will admit some of the like things i'm like i'm going to use all the jelly gel i can use and just make this bounce ridiculous and yeah it's been really fun it's like almost inappropriate use of the game but oh no 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 any physics game i think you're you're you know that's you have to and we put in achievements for like getting a certain height and things like that like there's a tactic you have to use in the final zone that James affectionately called the rail gun <laughs> okay 
mixing uh, two lines together and having kind of a cap on one end. So he just goes back and forth like mad crazy, and then he'll hit that bottom one, and he'll shoot. Like, he's gone, 500, you know, up, up off the screen. It's really fun to watch. It's fun to just play with. It is yeah. really fun to just play with. You almost need, like, um, just like a level where you get to, I don't know, bounce or something. Yeah. Almost open. It's pretty neat. Yeah, well, I, you know, being a little bit of a programmer and, like, enjoying physics and hating physics at the same time when it comes to programming stuff from a gameplay. Um, just playing with it and watching how he interacts with the rubber band and knowing that it really feels like when he hits it, he actually gains energy. But it's fun. Like, yeah. It doesn't make sense, but it's fun. There, mm-hmm. there were two suggestions I wanted to give, though. And one is that I would love an achievement for... Because um, I, I, I took a long time and then I positioned it just right so that I could get stuck in an endless loop between teleporters. And I was, I was very proud of myself for that. I don't think it's really that hard. But um, It's really endless, though. What's that? You think it was really endless, though? Uh, I guess nothing's endless, but if it's, I, I figure going for a minute should be good. Yeah, so. there is, there is an achievement for airtime. Oh, I got that one, but, yeah. uh, but I just it 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 wasn't, I, and I would roll on the ground and then fall into another teleporter, and then I'd r- roll back into the other teleporter and back and forth because it was one of those the four teleporter thing. Um, so I don't I don't even know how you'd code that, but that was uh. I'm just I'm hearkening back to um, August's thing about making uh, achievements uh, achievement no no for a good thing uh, achievements for emergent gameplay and I was just like I had such a fun time setting up the level so that I could get myself stuck like on purpose that I was like oh I want an achievement for this that, I mean again I'm probably some weird strange guy so don't take that advice but uh, I just I thought that was fun and look, like <laughs> uh, and like you guys said. Part of the fun is just fiddling with it, and uh, it's I've had a blast with that. And um, especially, like, um, instead of, like, modifying too much my earlier blobs or my flubber or j- jelly gel, just, like, working with what I got and, like, all right, how to make this work? I think that that's, like, some of the most fun I have is just, like, all right, I did something stupid, but how do I make it work now? And that's, that's, that's really fun. I agree. Um, the error isn't so much frustrating as it is just you know, a puzzle. Yeah. And the other thing is, and again, this is probably not worth it, but some way to record yes. like, the actual gameplay and then post that to uh, like YouTube. Cause I think people would just like go nuts and that'd be such like awesome free promotion for the game. For sure. No, we have definitely thought of the social aspect. It's just hard to do that right away with Android since we don't have iOS yet. It's oh, gotcha. Yeah, so we can't really go ahead and do that because, you know, we want to have kind of something under, under our belt when we do sure. do the this one. But, um, yeah, we've thought of doing sc- screenshots because they're the easiest way, but they're not as, you know, you'd take a screenshot of your trajectory and your lines so somebody else could set it up. We've also thought of, like, um, uploading the, you know, the actual solution to a website that somebody could get a code from or actually taking the video, like you said. So we have a few things, but we just haven't nailed down exactly where to go with it yet. But we do know we want that because that could be so viral. I mean, it's so fun just to watch how somebody solved it. And you have that that immediate reaction like, oh, my God, I have to show somebody this. Uh, yeah, I had that the same thing. And I'm like, I want to show people this. And then I actually went on Android for a while. I was like, I was like okay, I don't want to root my device and get some screen capture software for it. So I guess I'll hold off for now. But um, 
but yeah, I, I totally agree. It's it's just awesome to be able to be like, I made this, <laughs> this crazy, crazy trajectory, and I want to I want to show it off. It's super fun. No, I had like the most fun making this game I think I've ever had making a game, and I've been making games since only I guess two thousand eight. But I mean, this is still. Like, if I died tomorrow, I'm happy. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's really cool. I like it. Do you guys like it? Yeah, absolutely. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's fun. No, I, I, I absolutely do. The, the only complaint I have is completely trivial because it's not a big deal. Um, is I like it so much better on my tablet than my phone. <laughs> do you have a what, I'm sorry, I missed that. Galaxy tablet or yeah what? yeah yep yep that's a good tablet <laughs> yeah, I like it I like it yeah I guess um, I haven't played it on a phone I've, I'm just playing it on my um, my transformer my Asus transformer oh yeah you, you got get... the big ten inch uh, transformer yeah yeah does it play pretty good on there yeah yeah it's awesome I think you... I know you have one of the earlier version of the transformer yeah the reception's been really good for the game too like. Uh, as of this morning, we checked and it was over 60,000 installs. So, and that's on the 9th. So that's not too bad. No, <laughs> no awesome. I, I'm actually quite impressed with the, uh, with the response. Cause you've got, um, let's see, I, it's according to me on my, on my galaxy tab right now, it says 50,000 plus downloads. Um, and you're, uh, where's the dang star rating? It's like 4.5 plus. There we go. 4.5 plus. Yep. 520 ratings, though. That's the big deal. You've had yeah. 520 people at this moment that have actually taken the time to give you a star. Yeah. A star, a star <laughs> rating. Sorry, not just a star. A rating. They're funny. Like, reviews are hilarious. I get nothing but joy out of even reading the bad ones because the things they say... You know, it's like they want to diss your game, but they want to be funny and witty doing it. Yeah, there's yeah. some people that do it just to be comedy. So, it's, oh, yeah. I know I, that the uh, Amazon market is full of that. Yeah, that Nook. Nook's market is terrible for that because somebody will give you one star and then they'll be like, should I download this game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, that's so stupid. You know, they, didn't even, they didn't even play it. Yeah. The time you get stuff like that, and it's like, oh my god, uh, facepalm. <laughs> you, you know, I, speaking of reviews and stars, I I seriously think the 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 star system is stupid. Is broke. Just either be thumbs down or thumbs up, because all that really matters is a one or a five. Like when they when they do like polls and they do they do like marketing stuff and companies. They don't like if it's if you get a one to ten. Uh, nine below, you basically fail. It's only ten is good. It's uh, just just be down or up, other because there's such a range range of people. Because um, that's really yeah. true. Um, I do think I and I totally agree with you. Usually it's really hot or really cold, but there is the I really like what you did there, but and that's yeah. like your three or fours. And usually when usually. game or something like that, like the concept's good. The you know the idea for gameplay is good, but the pacing is just crap sometimes. Sure. You know. Or maybe maybe there's just a there's a thumb to the side or something like that. So so either you you like it, you don't like it, or you're okay. But but I, I just think that over time it just becomes this 
people either give it a one or a five. And yes, there's people in between, and I like to give things in between. But um, I know the way companies uh, evaluate stuff now is they only pay they only pay attention. If you give something a nine, you're essentially saying it failed. If you give it a four, it essentially failed. Only a five means you did good, which is totally dumb. That's why I'm like, uh, yeah, that, I just get frustrated because if I was honestly objectively evaluating something, I wouldn't give 10 to anything because yeah. it's that means perfection to me or as close as you can get. So I'd give a lot of like, you know, seven through 9.5s maybe. But I knew anyway. that, I do know that I rate fives when it's a game that I enjoyed playing for more than, you know, for an extended period of time. And it's something I would recommend to somebody to try. Yeah. For good reason for gameplay. Not like I often recommend movies that are bad to people because right. I enjoy the experience of a bad movie. Yeah. I don't know if other people do, but I usually preface it with if you want to see a bad movie. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sort of thing. But I usually only give fives if it's like um appealing to me personally, like hits me on an emotional level or something, like Bastion. Do you guys either you oh, play Bastion? Amazing, amazing game. Like that it's top tier on anything I've got, you know, for a rating system. Cause it was just so emotional. The gameplay was amazing. Everything about it, just top notch, you know? Can I, um, and I think I, I know I've mentioned it before in the, I'm almost positive I had Bastion. Can I just ask quick, when you played it, did you use a controller or a keyboard? Uh, I use... Xbox. Okay. I, I used a Xbox controller on PC. All right. So I've played it. <laughs> through the Steam purchase um, on my PC using the keyboard and mouse, and I really had a hard time enjoying the gameplay. I did try it on HTML5 out of uh, curiosity after I had beaten it on the 360, and the just the controls did not... They really did bring down the gameplay value because of, you know, the controller... Um, just how it um, translated. Yeah, I was... Yeah. I, I, I was trying to do some of those time challenges and stuff, and mm -hmm. I just could not get the stuff to aim right. So I was getting frustrated. I really love the, the game. The art is awesome. The audio is amazing. Yeah. The, you know, <laughs> another top score podcast reference is, is a great one to listen to is the, the Bastion composer. For oh, that. cool. I yeah, he's awesome. Talks oh. about, they talk about their favorite saying that the uh, narrator says. Which, what was the saying? Because um, I loved him. I thought he was see. Oh, yeah, he's great. Uh, let's see. The, the favorite one from the composer was um, something like, you see a kid walking down the street with a mortar, you just keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Sounds about right. But I, I don't know. I feel bad in certain ways for people that don't play games on the initial you know, console or the initial way that the devs had intended it, you know? Yeah. I think there's something to it, you know, playing it the way they designed it. So they right. designed it, you know, Xbox Live Arcade sort of deal. So. No, absolutely. It's it's sort of disappointing, though, that Xbox can't be as engaging in, in regards to a deal as other places because I can't afford to pay the $15 for all these apparently awesome Xbox Live releases. And yeah, it's only and it's only worse when they come out on Steam not very long afterwards or even as as part of a humble bundle, you know? Yep. So it's just whenever I see a game on on Xbox Live now it's like, well, you know, if I wait a little while. Yeah. It's almost too bad. 
I guess. I can see that. No, I, I, I hear you. I totally hear you. And I hate being that guy, but, you know, just being smart with my money, I guess. And you know, if you've listened to the podcast before and my talk about how I spend money on Steam, you know, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm impulsive. But, well, you know what? Um, speaking of artist stuff, why, why don't we talk about the October meeting? Um, since the, uh, we had two presenters, uh, two presentations, I should say. Um, first was a, a gentleman by the name of Chad Robinson who kind of gave an artist theme presentation about um, some of the stuff he's been working on. Um, and I know, Tori, you, uh, you had to miss the meeting because you had told me you were, you were making an audio book. Yeah, I finished that thing. That thing sucked my soul out <laughs> so hard. There's just so much editing you have to do. Oh, my God. You know, it, so. it, <laughs> not to totally disrupt what I tried to switch our theme on, but like you told me that, and I'm like, oh, Tori's writing a book about how to do audio. <laughs> and then, like an hour later, I thought, oh, yeah, Tori's not here because he's recording audio for a book. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, yeah, I, it, it was, I was, uh, it was just it was a gig to do um, an audio book that's probably that's, I think it's going to go on audible.com or something like that. And it was a great experience, but it's so hard because it's it's a really tight schedule and editing takes so long because there's so many when we're talking, there's so many mouth noises that we make, like little clicks of like saliva in your tongue, making a little vacuum against the roof of your mouth or bottom of your mouth or cheeks. There's all these noises you got to take out and it takes like. Maybe for every hour of recording, it's maybe four to five hours of editing. So it just adds up so fast. So, but um, it was, I'm sorry, I totally got us derailed. But, uh... <laughs> okay. Um, October <laughs> meeting. <laughs> uh, really good. Yeah, it was an awesome meeting, actually. I, because I, I love Tyler's art. And Tyler as a person is super cool because I used to work with him at a, a old job we had together. Oh yeah, where had? Uh, it was at a place called Zemnot, and it was in Edina, and we worked there probably around two thousand eight ish, something like that. Oh. Okay. But yeah, it's kind of weird. So I've been kind of following Tyler's career since then, and he he did some great stuff. So I was really excited to see his um, you know, his process to jump dudes from beginning to end. And it was hilarious and fun and really informational. So, yep. So it's, it's Ty Burks. He works at uh, Gravik and I'm pretty sure this was his game idea. Yeah, I think it's his baby. Yep. So this was his baby. So you play as little cute dudes that jump for coins and it's actually a pretty smart game design, I think. Um, I know that they had presented. Did you see when they presented a number of months ago? Maybe even last year. I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. The, when they sort of introduced Jump Dudes to the uh, IGDA Twin Cities community, and also solicited for uh, testers. Yes, that's when they joined that. Yes, I do remember that. Yep. So, um, they had. Uh, it was soup. That was actually a really great talk too, because they had talked about. More from a, we're trying to decide how we can make money off of this as a game. What do you guys think? That was really interesting. It was a very interactive meeting because they were like, here's some ideas we have. Because I know they presented at that meeting, they talked about boosts and rubies and whatnot. 
And yeah. at this at the October meeting, they talked about why they didn't actually implement boosts and rubies. I mean, that oh, was cool. really great. Yeah. Nice um, answer. I don't know. I, I just really like hearing how he thinks of monetization, too, because we we kind of share the same <laughs> outlook on that. <laughs> you know, I think. Yeah, I think a lot of people do um, do feel that way. It's a le it's a it's a kind of necessary evil. Yeah. So I mean, like you had mentioned, maybe modernization and um, and and jelly flop, but I know that like you're ad supported, right? Obviously, uh, I'm right. I'm seeing that. But they're these like um, almost interruptive full screen ads. I'm not sure what they're called. Um, they're they like the game totally pauses and then the whole screen is filled with an ad and then you can skip the ad. Um, how do you feel about that? I, I'm, I'd rather have those than the game screen ones that take up like 40 pixels at the bottom. Oh, yeah, I would agree with that. I'm not negative on them. I totally know why you're doing them, and, and I'm accepting of them as a developer yeah. um, and as a game player. I think it depends on the game, though. Like, in some cases, uh, I, you know, a card game would be fine with one, you know, and because in that case, you want to get from you know, card hand to card hand so you can get a whole game in. So that's when speed's important there. So you don't want an interstitial exactly in that sort of game, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have it just static at the bottom the whole time. So I, I think in a lot of cases it's always game dependent. Like what kind of game is it? What is it telling you to do for it, you know? <laughs> right, so, right. Yeah, these, they don't really get in the way. Um Oh gosh, I just really like. Maybe it's a uh, like a personal thing because I know you and everything, but it's. I really wish I could support you other than clicking on ads. You can't think. <laughs> what did I totally miss something? You can me. Yeah, yeah. I actually haven't seen an ad because I just I saw. Oh, I can pay ninety nine cents. Get rid of all ads. I'm gonna get rid of all ads. So I never even saw an ad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's in a little little uh little cloud on the main menu. It says remove ads. Derp. Oh my gosh, derp. I really wish that you guys would put, implement some way that I could support you. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. I did it right now. <laughs> Remove ads. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. Okay. You know what? I've been spending so much time playing. I don't ever look at the front screen. There's this big giant play button that's like, push me. <laughs> or even right now, there's like the remove ads. All right. I didn't do that. Yeah. It's your favorite hat. Yeah, you were talking about hats. I don't know about hats yet. So. Hats. Yeah, you know these hats? There's a hats menu. Don't you tell me you haven't been to the hats menu. I haven't been to the hats menu. I've been bouncing a jelly ridiculously around the little <laughs> scene, just trying to, like, water drops must bounce. There's a hats menu. I see the hats menu. Okay. <laughs> this is Jelly's hat collection. Collect. Ooh, to unlock more hats. Yeah. You know, I'm one of those people that doesn't care about these things very much. Sorry. I like the... Touch, touch jelly. You pet jelly in the hats menu. How sweet. Oh, oh I love the closed eyes. That's awesome. Yeah. He's got that you little cute cat like kind of thing going. I have my sound off. Does it make a sound? Does he purr or anything? He's, oh my gosh. This is the best radio podcast live stuff right now ever. See it and we're just voices in the ether. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. You have now a new 99 cents coming at you. Awesome. I was going to I was going to ask you too. Who who did your, you know, your audio and how how do you go about doing that stuff? Choosing was, it and fitting the game and all that. Yeah. So that was actually a fun process because I had never really done that before. And if you've ever asked an artist to describe sounds, it's so like poetic and like crazy out there. I don't know how anybody got this from me, you know, <laughs> but um, it was actually, I mentioned Dave Rowley, the other lead artist at Concrete. His father-in-law is actually uh, like a music producer and stuff, does commercial work, stuff like that. Um, his name is Mark Henderson, um, and he works for Dirty Dog Productions. I think he just, he's freelance. But just, you know, we wanted something where you've heard the main theme, and it's not annoying or anything like that. It's very catchy. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like Angry Birds feel where there was a main theme and we reprise that in certain ways, mm-hmm. you know. But during each zone, we didn't want anything that was really abrasive that would, you know, annoy the player, anything like that. So we went the ambient route where mm-hmm. we just environment sounds mainly. But every now and then, if you have it up, you know, like uh, in the jungle zone, you'll hear like bongos or something playing the main, you know, drum mm-hmm. from the actual theme. And like in the winter zone, there are chimes from the actual theme. So we kind of broke it up and took, you know, an instrument that was kind of part of the uh, zone that you were in and used that in accordance with the ambience. So it comes out as kind of more of a, uh, just a comfortable atmosphere instead of, you know, here's another theme song. Right, (laughs) right, yeah. Um, Yeah, and he was fantastic with it. Like, within two revisions, we had even the final theme, and it was crazy. Like, he was so good. (laughs) Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, no, right on, right on. That's that's pretty neat. And actually, you know what? Um, The, the, bringing it back to the meeting when, um, and the, Tori, I'm, I'm guessing you're gonna would have missed this, but Ty talked a little bit how they did the sound effects for Jump Dudes, and I thought this was actually a pretty cute story. Um, he had said that they they had this the idea of sounds in mind, and I can't remember how they said they found whoever they did the the sound effects for them, but but he mentioned that the Lego Star Wars. Have you ever played any Lego Star Wars or any of the Lego? Yeah, 3D game. So you know, you got whenever you interact with the block, it's got like that kind of thing, and all the sounds and stuff in there. So they got this the the sound guy, and they said that they uh, really like of all of it, like the Lego Star Wars sounds is kind of what they were thinking. And the 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 guy that they hired is like, oh, I did the sounds on (laughs) (laughs) on this Legos game. That's I think we've got the guy for this game. I think we got it. That's awesome. I did actual sound effects. I, I sorry, I didn't. Sorry, I didn't hear that the uh, Skype cut out on me. I did sound effects. Mark did the music. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Oh, if you hear the fan? That's actually me blowing into my Mac. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Super. I'm not. You know, I don't have shotgun mics and booms everywhere. It's just my Mac. I don't know. It, it came out decent. Yeah, well, absolutely. It sounds great. It sounds great. Thank you. Actually, I, rem- I remember thinking that the fan sounded good. And I'm not just trying to. Su- I'm not trying to suck up, but. Whatever, dude. No, 
You know, and the, and the thing is, <laughs> sounds like a bunch of hot air to me. No, it, it's. Uh, I honestly think a lot of people get really caught up in their gear and forget that just just go record it and if you need to tweak something, tweak it and just but, but just get it in there. <laughs> you know. And then how it sounds, yeah, and then yeah. tweak it. Yep. True story. Um. Oh, not to throw it off, but have you ever seen the? There's like this awesome video clip talking about how they made the sound effects for Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs. Mm. No. And it's these two women Foley artists. And so they show the scene from the thing and what they're doing, which I can't remember what they were hitting and stuff. But then they show the scene and it's, you know, all the hamburgers and stuff like raining from the sky. And then they show the two women and what you're, they're doing and they just look like complete dopes, but <laughs> sounds perfect. Yeah. yeah. I love watching that stuff, actually. It's pretty neat to see how um, the sound effect that really works for something. But yet when you see what it is, you're like... Oh, that doesn't make any sense at all. But yeah. it would if you're a f- uh, sound person. Well, not only that, in, in times when you use a, an actual sound and it doesn't sound right, because we're used to seeing sound, something sounding differently than it really is, which is also strange, too. Like when you punch. You punch somebody, you never hear that in a movie. You hear something a lot cooler. Oh, how about guns that cock constantly <laughs> because you wave them? It's right. They, they don't <laughs> yeah. do that. And also, they don't sound like that when they fire. They're more like, pow. You yeah. Know? They sound crappy. <laughs> yeah, they do. They really do. Well, like pop. Um, I do have a little information about uh, November's upcoming meeting. Um, the, our gracious hosts at uh, the Nerdery actually are doing a presentation from GDC or for GDC Online. Um, interestingly, about HTML5 and bypassing the limitations of it for using it as a gaming platform. So they'll present. It, they're presenting that at the November meeting. So that should be pretty good. It's cool. Yeah. Nerdy is exceptionally good to us and actually really good to the community in 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 whole, so I agree. Me too. <laughs> I love the nerdery. <laughs> I'm so glad we have IGDA. Oh, I know. Okay, so now I see these days I actually see a lot of like retweets for like Kickstarters and I think Kickstarter is an awesome idea. And but I'm personally I'm starting to like almost just completely not even pay attention to them anymore, like not even go to the links because it's like, holy crap, I've seen so many retweets retweets for Kickstarters. And I also feel at the same way sort of about all the bundles that are out there, like Indie Gala, Indie Royale, um, Humble Indie Bundle, which are all these awesome deals, but there's so many of them that uh, it starts to feel overwhelming then I start feeling desensitized. And I don't know, have you guys been feeling that way at all? Um, well, well, let me start with my kickstarter if we could just like on the kickstarter thing i will say that that my impression of it and i'm i've backed a a number of things on kickstarter um i have felt a little overwhelmed with it but i every time i go back to the thing i just can't help myself Mm. it's extremely empowering actually and i i i do think it's really amazing to find somebody that's done a great job and they present something and you can really understand like why they're passionate about it, mm, right? Sure. And those are the ones that I, that that I've promoted. And I I will again. The word is is empowering. It feels really good to help them. And granted, you know, it's thirty dollars or fifty dollars, and and you get a T-shirt and your name on a card or something. But it still feels good to do it. Like I'm still positive about Kickstarter, even though I've donated in total like four hundred bucks and I haven't seen anything yet back from that. But 
it still does it feels like a uh, almost like a charity yeah a charity a theme like a supporting a friend do something that they're really excited about and you know that they're really excited about now there's a lot of stuff on kickstarter that's just pure bad or awful or people don't quite understand like yeah what would make something people would want to support but they're 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 just hilariously bad though that are even just fun to look at oh (laughs) your kickstarter sucks the tumblr is amazingly (laughs) it's amazing yep so that that's my that's my feelings about Kickstarter is I'm still kind of positive about it, but a little bit more selective, I guess. Sure. But if somebody does a really good job of like just like I can really feel their their I use the word passion. I tweeted uh, about how I supported one because I was actually ex- excited by this person who's an engineer. Mm. And um uh she tweeted back. It was it was it like doubly excited me. It was it was a great Oh, that's cool. Um, and on the other end of the spectrum than you, Tori, because I, I'm not really fatigued at all because I'm kind of selective of which ones I look at even like, you know, if they're t- usually they have a little hint as to what they're about. So if it's, you know, a sports collecting card binder, I don't know. I, but all the other things that come up, like if there's somebody's personal comic book, you know, stuff like that, I hate and, you know, I know I'd want to do it and stuff like that. So I almost do it out of, I guess, empathy, you know, something along those lines. But I'll also go to Kickstarter and look for stuff, you know. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I found one a couple weekends ago from my hometown for a guy who just wants to make a brewery. I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so I put it on Facebook, just mentioned it that because I know that a bunch of friends from high school and stuff that they'd probably be into it too. And he actually saw that somehow. <laughs> I'm like, well, I, and I do, I do want to say I, I've supported, I haven't spent a lot of money, but I've, I've supported projects on Kickstarter too. And, and um, I love the idea and I, I hope it sticks around for a long time, but I was thinking too, maybe what are some ways that Kickstarter could do to make sure it doesn't burn out? Like people just being like, "Oh, that's Kickstarter," because I sort of feel like that a little bit, and I don't want to feel like that way, but I, I just do. So, what do you think they could do to be able to keep interest? It for, or do you think do you think it's kind of good as it is? I I think that there needs to be. It'd be nice if the vetting process felt a little bit more complete. Does that make sense? Because there's some crazy stuff on there, like there was um. All you got to do is go your to kick your Kickstarter sucks, the Tumblr and it's hilarious, but it's just so bad. <laughs> like there was one that was really funny too about you know the guy that made Pitfall. Did you, you guys ever see that the, one? The original Pitfall. Like the original Pitfall. Okay. He he apparently has the biggest ego imaginable or something because I watched his he was making a new game a new Kickstarter. Um, and it was just, do you know this man? Well, you should. He's this guy and blah, blah, blah. I know him for these reasons. And the whole video was just about him up until the last, like, two minutes, which was about what the game was. And it was huh. it, it was pretty bad. I don't know. Stuff like that. You know, I mean, if these are going through a screening process, which they are, right? Yeah, they are. It. it... But it doesn't How, feel like it a lot of times. I think that's part of it. 
Totally. No, I agree with that. The screening process was a bit more tight. I, yeah. That so I'm just spitballing here, but what if like uh, there was a a, you know how there's usually like a month goal, so there's some dollar sign that they're trying to get at a month. What if there was like a uh, five day goal or something, and if it didn't hit that five day initial acceptance or something, then it was over. Okay. What do you think of that? That's crazy. Because I, I'm, in some ways, that's not really fair, though, because think of the little guy versus the more well-known person. Like, if Neil Gaiman decided to, you know, have one for, you know, a different kind of book or something as opposed to you or me, you know, would he... Would right, he but I mean, well, let's say you could you could put that cost on there, and then part of the vetting process took that into account as well. That's, that's what I'm saying. So, like, um, if... There's so many on there that they don't get any bids. And part of that problem is that you're like you're filling the 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 pool of things to look at with with stuff that people don't want to see, maybe for instance, right? Yeah. And so that would help vet that as um stuff that just isn't being engaged either by the person who posted it and made it, like they just if you build it they will come versus like trying to do anything. Like I just know if I post this, people will pay me for, to do it. But that might not be the case. They're not doing any legwork to actually make it happen after the fact. That's true. Um, you know, I don't know what that... It, it, totally just an idea that just came to me as a potential for vetting. Because I think that, you know, you look on there and there's so many things. And it is a popularity contest. I get that to a certain extent. But it's also a good ideas contest. Mm-hmm. And um, some of those things, like, it does not take you more than a few seconds to realize that this is not something you'd care about. It's true. And I'd rather that I could look at more things to find the stuff that, like, the diamond in the rough, that I wouldn't have looked at it otherwise. Because there's a lot of times, I don't have a lot of time to go through Kickstarter. I'm not looking at it every day. It's like every couple of weeks or a month or something. And I, I can't look at all sorts of stuff. I'm almost positive there's things that I would support that I would never look at otherwise. Um, do, do they have anything like channels or anything, anything like that where like, you know, this person has certain personality and so they come almost like a, a DJ may not necessarily play things that are in the same genre, but would all, they just make sense together. Well, they do have the, like um, the, the Kickstarter hot or whatever. There's popular projects and then there's like editor's choice thing. Gotcha. And I know the one that I found that was in my hometown, I just ended up, you know, choosing a city because you can do it by location. Mm. And it actually broke Minnesota out into Minneapolis, St. Paul, Duluth, oh, Rochester, cool. Buffalo, Minnesota, my hometown. It's, and I'm like, well, click on that. So there's a number of ways. I, I, I will complain a little bit about the trying to find stuff because it's not exceptionally easy it's more intended that you just kind of look and gotcha gotcha um well that's fair fair enough yeah uh, as for bundle fatigue though <laughs> i will admit that yeah i've totally lost that itch um i haven't bought i haven't purchased any of the recent bundles other than the i, I give a lot of credit to the humble bundle because i think that they realize some of that and they switch it up because they did the, they did two, you know, it was the Humble Indie Game Bundle, and you were getting pretty good games. And then they did the uh, the Android one, so it's Android-based yeah. games. And then they did a second one of that. 
and then they did um I swear they did something else, but the latest one, the last one, I think it just ended today, was the the books. They did yeah. books. Yep. So it's like here's some sci fi books. Yeah, Neil Gaiman was in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to go see I bought I bought it because um and I'm pretty sure I tweeted about it because Old Man's War is like one of my tops on oh, okay. sci fi I've read in the in the recent history. So which one is oh there it is. Signal to noise. Is that a good one? I don't know. Oh. Oh my gosh. Yep, John Scalzi's Scalzi's old man's work. Anyway, we're talking about the humble, humble book bundle. So I think that like you you were you kind of prefaced your topic idea here with like are there any like solutions or what can happen? And I think that the humble effort is actually doing a good job of still making it pertinent and grabbing onto interests that aren't just indie games, for instance, but, gotcha. but, but they're yeah. keeping, there's a reason why whenever they do one, they're They made a hundred, $1.2 million they raised on this. Mm. The, the book. Oh, wow. Wow. That's impressive. I think they're pretty passive typically about it too. Like you get maybe one email, they don't spam you, you know, either. Sure. So, they also do have, in comparison, very quality products mm-hmm. by comparison. Because, like, um, one bundle that I did buy called the Indie Face Kick, <laughs> um, not highest quality stuff there um, by comparison to what games you might get out of the Humble Bundle, for instance, mm. where you're getting, like, that last Humble Bundle, the last Humble Game Bundle. Oh, my gosh, that, that was crazy. Granted, I already owned them all, but um, what was in that? Like Vessel and um, it was a very impressive bundle. I can't think of it for that this moment. There we go. Wizor, Bit Trip Runner, Gratuitous Space Battles, Jamestown. That's just nuts. Yeah, I think I picked that one up. But Torch you know you're right. They... Shatter, rocker, vessel, space pirates and zombies, dust force. Yeah, that, that's these are indie games, but of a very high caliber. Yeah, and, that's and, very true. And I'm not saying that that the 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 competition necessarily isn't high caliber games that don't deserve recognition or anything like that. But um, they do stand out a little bit more, I think. Did you get dust force? I got it. I haven't played it yet. It definitely, it looked, have you played it? Oh, not yet, but I really wanted to. <laughs> I heard it was good, and I listened to the soundtrack just out of curiosity, and it sounded great. So I do own the soundtrack also. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those uh, regrets from, like, the winter thing, that Dust Force was one of those things, and I, you know, I limited myself to the $10 or something, and so I got some other stuff, and I didn't get Dust Force. I have it now because of the Humble Bundle. So, um, I don't know what some of these other bundles can do. I think that, like, I'm curious if, um, boy, I don't know. Like, Indie Gala. Indie Gala has been one of the good ones. Um, I think they're doing, like, themes now. Oh, you're right. Because they're, I wish their interface wasn't so damn confusing. 
because they do like they have like their power hour which and then if you purchase you get gifts and stuff but it never really makes sense it's a little bit confusing but which one is Desura's? is it royale or gala um royale i think okay Desura. I do. I do really like that. That uh, Desura's one, you like. You put in one code, and you just all the games get put into to Desura. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of a. It's kind of annoying that, like, as far as the Steam games, you got to put in a code for each one. Humble Bundle usually is a bundle as well. Is it? Sometimes oh, okay. it's split up a little bit depending on which one you paid for. Like if ah, you don't gotcha. donate the high enough amount, you don't get the bonus. Gotcha. Right? Or the add-ons after the fact, so they're split up by that. But yeah, it's good and bad. Because it, sometimes it'd be nice if you could, say, take that one game and then give that code to some, a friend or something. Yeah. But, yeah. I, you know, in the case of my kids, I'll just... I actually have a stack of papers next to my computer that are bundles that I'm like, <laughs> why did I buy these extras? I should give them these codes. And I'm like, they don't deserve those codes. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, an interesting thing, like uh, the, the Steam Greenlight effort that they did, I guess they announced some new, like... Um, some new option on there. I'm not sure what it's called, but it, instead of, you know, like, okay, so Steam Greenlight is like an indie's developer way of like announcing to the community that you have a game and you try to garner support through that community to eventually become a purchasable, purchasable product on there. Yeah. Well, now they have um, something in Greenlight that's not necessarily that. It's, uh, yeah, it's like a concept. So you can say, Instead of like making a green light project for a game idea, now you can do a concept and you can gather like how interested would people be in a game that's like this. Oh, interesting. So I thought that was a, a neat like way for them to go. So so an idea would be that um you know you, so right now green light was anything. It could be a game that doesn't exist to a game that's ready to go. You just need to vote it up, right? And that's really confusing from like me to go and like I'd li- I'd play that game, but does that game exist or not, right? Sure. Because it really feels like a majority of these games exist. Um, and I think that that concepts thing is is that extra thing that you could say, like, well, I've got these five ideas for games that I think would be good. You can put them out there and then see what people would engage with in that community because that's sort of a smart thing. Like, what would people pay for? Sure. Kind of scary. Like, had a good idea that I was really married to I wouldn't exactly offer it up to the internet <laughs> you know no, that's fair that's fair too right it all depends on in at what level or whatever but I thought that this was an interesting idea from the steam light approach that um, yeah so take it at that I guess well, I mean but I'm, I'm glad they're trying something though because um I know they got a lot of criticism. Although I, I, I'm, I'm still, I still hats off to them for for trying something like this. And and it it, it is a route for indies, and it's better than potentially no route at all. Yeah. And I do think that once the edges are rounded, that it will be a decent process. And and it's at least like I said last time we talked about it was that at least it's somewhat exposed to you and you can see how it's going. It's not True. behind closed doors and stuff. And it is a level of effort thing too. So you could probably get more out of it if the more you put into it. True. All right. Well, you know, um, 
so one thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately, which I think is a good thing, to, you know, um, talking with, with Ashley too, and we talked a little bit about cutscenes um, in her game, and I've been thinking about it because of developing cutscenes for our game, Fireman Run, is what do you guys, like, what's your general feelings about cutscenes and even things like quick time events in in games? Because they're very common. Um, and I know that, like, my feelings when I'd say like right now that, Oh yeah, I really like them. But I know that sometimes when I play, I don't care. Like I just want to play, but I always yeah. feel obligated to watch or to interact. I think it depends on the game. You know, that's another one of those things where it's, it's, you know, it depends on what platform it is, depends on what genre it is, you know, and it really depends on the people too. No matter what, some people are just going to hate cutscenes, or, you know, some people want comics, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's really game dependent, you know. Yeah, I will agree with that. I I agree too, and um, I I think I feel the same way. Sometimes I like them, sometimes I don't. But I I do hate the games that start off with really long cutscenes. Yep. And I'm like, oh my god, this is a game, right? Or did I get a movie? Yeah, I, I, I will agree with that. The good ones, they'll like throw you right in, and often the story is written in a way where you just don't know what's going on, and yeah. it fits. You know what I mean? And then you'll come back around to, uh, and actually movies and TV shows adopt that same sort of thing. They don't show that like movie title until they've introduced you in some way. True. It's hot well, from the start. And then, but I will say, or triple a, I yeah. think in, in um, any case, yeah, I'm thinking both, but to be fair though, I've also played games where there's been a cutscene at the right at the beginning. And I've been very engaged. So maybe it's, a cutscene, but I, I know I've seen AAA games with like really wonderful quality cutscenes, but I'm like, I'm, I'm starting to get bored because I want to play. Right. So it's, I don't know if they just don't think, I don't know. But I, a, a lot, like, what is a long cutscene in a AAA game versus a long cutscene in a mobile game? Like, how long are you willing to wait in a AAA game versus a mobile game? It it does depend on the game, of course. I, I'll admit, like, the Angry Birds cutscenes sort of annoy me sometimes. Like, skip! I know! I know! Right? But, right, they're skip and they're there for it. And I don't know why I can't. Like, <laughs> tell me why I can't. I can't do it. Like, I feel like I'm missing out. It's like I'm that collector mentality that if I don't... If I'm not there to witness it, that, that I'm missing something. I'm not getting all the content out of it or something. I don't know what's wrong with me. But Angry Birds, where it's like they they kind of force feed you this cutscene where it's like if they just went to the gameplay, you could figure out that the pigs are the bad guys. They're hoarding the eggs. You know, you have to destroy them. Right. Mm -hmm. Get out the cutscene. It's really unnecessary in their case. But, you know, against a game like Cut the Rope, you know, I really love Cut the Rope. I give them a ton of respect in so many different ways. I could go into that another time. But the way they introduce Omnom, it's quick, it's, you know, succinct. It's just, here's this, get this to this, and you're done. You know? And you realize why. Because yeah. you need a little bit of explanation with that. But Angry Birds, no. <laughs> I, do, I, I do say, though, that I like the, the Angry Birds, generally they're little comics where it's just one picture, but the picture tells a story from left to right as it pans. I do think they've done a good job with them. I just, I it's guess, just if they're 
<laughs> you know. Another reason they need to go get eggs or whatever, I guess. Save their eggs. Uh, well, I actually remember, like, I think when they're done right, though, it can be really effective. Like, yeah. uh, some people disagreed, but Diablo 2, I love the cutscenes in that. And oh. I I just, yeah. like, I watched them and I'm like, this is awesome, and I don't care. And despite the, the fact that it was a total an ADD game where you, just, you loot like crazy and shoot like crazy, I would just sit back and watch these cutscenes, and I was like, ah, oh, this is great. Um, and I don't know why I don't feel like that for other games. Um, but I sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, and I don't know. Well, how, you know, on the uh, the flip side, how do you feel about those scenes where you have to interact with him? You know, like quick time events and whatnot. Because I, you know, I, I really don't like quick time events. There's, I cannot think of one that I enjoyed. You know, I kind of enjoyed the the um, Resident Evil Four ones. Some of them I do, some of them I don't. So what was like a Resident Evil Four one? Well, like you're like in a. Yep. And you're being. <laughs> yeah, like I, I um, I, yeah, like I, I think like you're like if I remember, there's one where like you're in a boat and there's like a, an alligator coming at you and you, I don't know if you had to, I don't remember what you had to do, but it was a man fish. It had like a man face on a fish. Oh, <laughs> it was a mish, but, <laughs> but uh, but, no, I thought I thought it was good because it kept things going. Um, where you're like it's not it's not completely passive. Um, but I've played ones where they're really annoying. We're like, tap this button really fast. And I'm just like, oh, that's stupid. Yeah. I mean, that, it has nothing to do with the game. Uh, granted, pressing A to, uh, I don't know. I, 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 Yeah, sometimes I wish I could just watch it and enjoy it instead of feeling like I have to interact with it. Like, it'll just randomly tell you to press a button and that's so you're dodging whatever the attack sure. is in there. And that, you know, sounds good in game and stuff, but you're giving me this quick time scene or the, you know, the a cut scene. And I'm like, I just would rather watch the character interact in it because that's not the gameplay, I guess. Sure. Uh, plus I'm really bad at them. So <laughs> <laughs> just not like I tried to play that Ninja blade game. Have you guys ever played Ninja blade? I haven't. Mm-hmm. No. So you jump out of an airplane and then it's a whole quick time event thing down to the, to the, you're a ninja that jumps out of planes and gets attacked by demons <laughs> on the way. And so it's cool. Big quick time. It might be gameplay. I don't know. I could not get past it. <laughs> Like, this game is so not for me. You, you know, I think some of the the, the cutscenes I like most are some of, like, um, the ones that still take over most control, but still let you maybe, like, turn your character's head around and look at stuff. So if I start feeling ADD moments, at least I can, like, I'll, I'm still listening, but I can kind of look around at the scene. And for some reason, that works really well for me. Yeah, you know what? Those are where you're still in the engine, but you're yeah. not. Yeah, it's not like a movie or something. Yeah. And I can't really move my character, but I can still look around. And for right. me, that's... I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you guys ever play the Matrix game when it came out. Granted, it's <laughs> like 2000. But you'd play this game at, you know, like 1600 by 1200 resolution. And whenever it did a cutscene, they were movie files. But they were oh. like 320 by 240. Oh, God. <laughs> and it was um, footage from the game engine. <laughs> I've, I've played games like that. And the worst, the worst. Well, and the worst too is a lot of times they're rendered at well, like like you said, at a much lower resolution. And suddenly it's like, why does why does the movie look a lot crappier than my game? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, usually, yeah, it should be the other way around. Just script it at least, you know, just code it. But well, 
I will say that, like, when it comes to, to mobile or AAA, that they often, they're a very different thing. Um, and it depends on how you're consuming it. Like, say, I, I'm, I'd probably be way more willing with my tablet because I'm probably in an environment where I'm engaging that differently with, than my phone, say, which sure. might be, you know, a quick minute here or there. But I will say that in the case of, like, uh, Jellyflop, which had me thinking about it in regards to my own, what I'm trying to implement for Fireman Run, is I thought Jellyflop did a, a, an excellent job of it with its little um, kind of uh, comic book cell-to-cell animation. And, and I think I consumed it in, in, a, in a decent rate, but you could skip through that real fast if you wanted to cons- to consume it fast, right? You're not limited to a slowness. You're not locked down at all. It's it's at your own pace. You know, if you want to, even if you want to go back a panel, you can go back a panel. So it's completely user driven. And if you want to just skip the whole thing, there's a skip button. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's got the skip. Yeah. I was just tapping, so I didn't even like you. I think you're saying you could swipe it and it would go forward or backwards. I was just tapping as soon as I was kind of, I mean, it's like how you would look at a comic book, I guess. As soon as you're done with one frame, you look at the next one. Yeah. And that that look is handled in my case. It was, I just touched the screen ready for the next one. And the neatest thing, I guess it was super intuitive too. I just did it. I didn't even think about it. But if you wait long enough, like if, if you're just staring at it, uh, a swipe tutorial comes up that says swipe. Oh, so maybe I was told. there you go. But remember, but you well, know, I and I, I got to say, I actually, I appreciate that because I think, um, when you can, even if you're, it's just, it feels like this little teeny bit of involvement. But anytime you do that, I think it makes me want to, I don't know, it makes me want to take more time with something. I don't know if, if that even makes any sense. But yeah. because I was able to control it, I was willing to s- spend more time looking at the art. Exactly. So you feel I, more obligated to look at it you know you feel like you want to look at it because it, you're curious now you know yeah explore it so and I i'm in control <laughs> exactly oh that's totally part of it giving the user control and letting them kind of be in charge of their destiny even if they're going on a linear route you know yeah giving that, them that freedom in quotes you know but yeah i have to say i think it, it, it is implemented well it definitely made me consider ideas that i was thinking about in a in a different way so but then again like i probably should really prefer this is that uh feelings may be biased <laughs> well should we um yeah let's I wrap, think we can wrap it up? up this has been good so yeah thank you both for uh joining me for this uh igda twin cities podcast Thank you for hosting, and Ashley, thank you very much for, for coming on board and giving us your time and your uh, your insight. Yeah, thank you, guys. And if anybody wants to get Jelly Pop, it's on um, in the Google Play Store. It's free there. It's on the Nook, and it's on Fire for right now. iOS will probably be around January, February-ish, we hope. And um, if anybody wants to follow me on Twitter, I'm HardShellArt. And I have a blog at hardshellart.blogspot.com. Thank you, guys. Man, I and think that is one of the best outros we've ever had. Yeah, I feel a little, uh, a little inadequate now. Yeah, she's upstaged us. Yep. Whatever. 
<laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. If you want to find stuff about us, just use Google search. <laughs> well, huh? thank yeah. you guys for, for listening to us. And uh, it's been a good time. And thank you guys for talking with me. For sure. Thanks for talking with me. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys later. Have a good one. And uh, keep on gaming. Yeah. Bye. Um, October meeting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's uh, talk. Yeah. It's really good. Yikes. Yeah, try to take out all the ums and the the transition um, weirdness. Like, if you tried to take out my pause right there, it, might, it could end up sounding awkward. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, luckily, you can just record yourself again, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, but um, it was. I'm sorry. I totally got us derailed. But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, luckily you can edit this into awesomeness. <laughs> Just because you got uh, it. Granted, that's going to be like a 20-hour job, if it even can come anywhere near to awesomeness. Oh, I just I just make notes now. That was your suggestion to make notes of where we need to edit. So that makes saves me so much time. You're breaking the fourth wall here, man. No, I made a note to edit that out. <laughs> I made it I made a note to edit out the fact that I make notes to edit stuff out. Way to Kickstarter <laughs> bundle fatigue. <laughs> oh yeah, should we oh, should we go it wait, no, we should hold on. I'm I better make a note to edit my this transition here that I pooped. I pooped on it. <laughs>